What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Welcome to Right and Wrong, the show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Ruka, and with me, as always, over there is producer Juice. Yeah, yeah. The truth box, ladies and gentlemen. He's holding things down and making this show pop, as always. Before we jump into things today, I wanted to give everybody here a heads up that it will be a uh, pretty busy week for yours truly over here, the host of the show. I'll be making the rounds on the interview circuit out there on other shows. I'll be on Face the Facts with April Moss on Monday. And then I'm going to be popping on to the Stu Peters show with, you guessed it, Stu Peters on Tuesday. I'm going to be sharing my story about the transgender woke ideology nonsense that's being forced and pushed on our kids in the Boston public school system. I also have the appearance with uh, Taryn Gregson from the Faithful Freedom show. That is, um, it's in the can, as we in the biz would say, Juice. Uh, so we're just waiting for that to be released and and posted, and we'll let you know when that, that thing drops as well. So exciting, exciting stuff here, Truth. Don't you think? It should be good, good stuff. And none of this stuff would be happening if it wasn't for um, Mr. Brian Festa from WeThePatriotsUSA.org. He's, uh, he's been great. He reached out to me, and he's helped get my story out there in front of more people. And he stepped up. Um, his organization has is funding a lawsuit for me. And the hope is that um, stories like mine draw enough attention to show people from the far left, the, the left extremists out there, that we aren't going to go and, and let them indoctrinate our children. We're not going to let them. We're not just going to sit back and take it from them. So stuff like this, I'm not, new, I'm not unique at all. This stuff's happening all over the country. And the team at WeThePatriotsUSA.org, they're stepping up and they're showing regular Americans like me and like you, Truth, they're showing us that we're not alone. All you listeners out there, too, we're not the silent majority, okay? We just need to have the courage and we need organizations like We The Patriots USA that are going to help us with, with, the, with getting the story out there and help us with um, legal case and, and help us with um, costs, most importantly, because that's what the left hopes. They, they hope that we just take it and back down because we're overwhelmed by the entire thing. And I know I was. Um, so check out the website at wethepatriotsusa.org, and you'll see all the other cases that they're involved with. They're doing stuff all over the country, helping people. And obviously, they can't do it alone. Okay, They need our help. They need our support. And they just need us paying attention and they're they're a great great group so please check them out on their website you know i'm gonna you know i'm gonna say it but it's true it's true oh it's true it's damn true this work that they're doing it's expensive so they like i said they fully funded my case and and this stuff ain't cheap so please consider sending a couple bucks their way five bucks ten bucks whatever you can spare it it helps it's gonna go a long way um, the activists on the left have a never-ending stream of money pouring into them 
from all these virtue signaling corporations and from the suburban families that want to prove how good they are by putting a stupid sign on their uh, on their lawn to tell everybody that they're, that they're great people. So send a couple bucks to um, organizations like wethepatriotsusa.org. Uh, they need help from regular Americans like us to compete. So they can't do their job and and connect and help out and, and pay for lawyers for us if we're not helping them stay in business as well, okay? One last time, check out the website at wethepatriotsusa.org. Go take a look. Look at all the other stories that they're involved in across the country. Like I said, consider helping. My story is going to be right up there. Throw a few bucks our way, okay? Well, thank you for that consideration. All right. As for our show here today on The Right and Wrong Show, we're going to have a lot of fun as usual, like we always do on here. We're locked, we're loaded, and uh, we've got a lot of interesting topics to discuss with you. We'll dig into the narrative coming out from the left about the changing of demographics among voters in the wake of the shooting in Buffalo last weekend. Then we'll bring it back to Boston, my hometown here, and look at a proposal from a city councilor that would remove Boston police officers from doing details. Surprise, surprise! She accuses the current practice of being racist. Sorry, Ben Shapiro, I stole that one from you. He does it a lot better than I do, <laughs> and he, he really drags that R pod on a lot longer than I could, but still, still pretty funny. And the third segment that we'll get into, we'll be taking a victory lap here at the Right and Wrong Show for serving Miss Nina Jankowitz a spoonful of her own medicine on last week's show. Rumor has it, Juice, that we here at the Right and Wrong Show played a key role in the Biden administration, pulling the plug on Miss Nina Poppins. And finally, we will end the show with a come on, man, that you just need to hear to believe. Full stop. <laughs> I'm also happy to report that the Right and Wrong Show received an amazing gift. We see we we received a gift from in the form of a comment on our YouTube page. Look at that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, just get a look at that. We got that from one of our super fans out there by the name of Gigi. So we'd just like to say thank you. And I'm very happy to give you a shout out here, Gigi on YouTube. Thank you for the support. Well, Truth, I think I'm ready to hear from our man, Mr. Ric Flair, because it is showtime, baby. Woo! Showtime! Woo! 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 So, there are two things that I'll be drawing from and expanding on throughout this episode. One is a book that I'm reading called Life is Messy by Matthew Kelly. The other is a video that Juice recently posted of Charlton Heston giving a speech to a group of Harvard Law students back in 1999. The irony that they would allow a conservative, a vocal political conservative like Heston to speak at a Harvard, to Harvard Law students is not lost on me here in the year 2022. So that one, uh, that I just thought that was pretty funny. Never happened today. Heston's speech was a warning. It was a warning about the ugly road of a divisive and destructive culture war that had already begun. A war of political correctness. A war for the very freedom that America was created to preserve. Unfortunately, his words fell on deaf ears. It's been 23 years now since Mr. Heston's speech. And things have gotten worse, not better. The political correctness has been turned all the way up to an 11. 
the numbers all go to 11. Look, right across the board, oh. 11, oh, 11, and most of 11, and amps go up to 10. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not 10. You see, most, most blokes are going to be playing at 10. You're on 10 here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on 10 on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere, exactly. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? I put it up to 11. 11, exactly. <laughs> that one will never get old for me. Oh, it's classic. You see, the left thrives on overcomplicating everything. And they, uh, they do this for a reason. It's so that they can provide the solution. They will give you the answer. There's an entire education system set up to award credentials at the end of it. And whoever's played the game and followed the designed rules can receive those precious credentials at the end of it all. Now they get to become an expert. Now, I'm not trying to say that we don't need experts, because we do. And I'm not trying to say that credentials aren't warranted, because they they are. But when was the last time we considered the morality of the person behind that credential? We pick and choose when we consider that morality and when we consider the character of an expert, of a person that holds said credential. Does anybody trust the morality or the character of a mechanic without having someone else vouch for them? When's the last time you questioned the morality of a doctor? Now, how about a holistic healer? When's the last time you questioned the morality of a teacher? What about that person that runs a home preschool? When's the last time you questioned the morality of a psychiatrist. Now, what about a medium? When was the last time you questioned the morality of a professor? Now, how about a priest? And when's the last time you questioned the morality or the character of a firefighter? What about that of a police officer? See, we pick and choose which ones are, are deemed morally superior or morally trustworthy. Now, I get that I said teacher on there and uh, libs of TikTok have certainly helped um, the blind trust in the morality and character of um, teachers out there nowadays. In general, I think you, you understand the point I'm trying to make with that. But before we go any further, I think it's important to break down the word morality. A simple DuckDuckGo search shows it, lays it out uh, pretty easily for us. It says, principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior. <laughs> I think we might have had uh, morality in mind when coming up with the name of this show, huh, Juice? Yes, sir. It also says, a particular system of values and principles of conduct, especially one held by a specified person or, wait for it, society. Seems straightforward enough, right? But be careful, because the simplicity of a definition like that comes with the inherent risk of manipulation. Michael Knowles wrote a fantastic book exploring how the left has been manipulating the meaning of words for years now. It's titled Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds. In the book, Knowles points out the evolution of a word like retarded. At one point in this country, mentally retarded was the politically correct term for someone who is now considered to be mentally disordered or intellectually disabled. How about disabled? That's shifted to differently abled. Major League Baseball used to, used to have a disabled list for people that were hurt and couldn't play. 
they changed it a few years back to the injured list because it wasn't politically correct to call someone with a hamstring injury disabled from playing. Ridiculous to hang up on this, on this stuff. But ultimately, at some point, a person with all the correct credentials came along and decided it was morally wrong to refer to a, to refer to a person as slow, which, again, at one point in time, was the accepted term. And look how many different words we just used to say the same thing there. What gets lost in the shuffle through all of this is that the eggheads in the credential community, they're afraid of trusting their own instincts. They've abandoned their own ability to think in the pursuit of an easy, one-size-fits-all solution. Because if it's not one-size-fits-all, God forbid they'd have to defend their position from time to time, converse about what when it's okay to use a word, when it's not okay to use a word, whatever. Use their brains, use their mind, use their sense of reasoning. They don't want to do that. They want to sit there in the classroom, they want to sit there in the in the safe confines of their lab, their, their panel of, of people that think the same as they do, and then spit out all these new accepted terminologies and these accepted new views and, and force it upon us and expect all of us to follow it and go along with it. But you know what? The world that we live in, it's a shade of gray. We want to pretend that everything's black and white. We want one-size-fits-all solutions to avoid having to constantly keep using our brains and to keep the brains turned on. But you know what? There's no such thing as easy solutions. Life is not easy, and it shouldn't be easy. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. You see, as Mr. Dugan tells us, the hard is what makes it great. Now, he's talking about the sport of baseball in that quote. But expand that thought. Anything that you're proud about in your life, anything that you've achieved in your life, it's been hard to get there. It's not easy. The reason you're proud of it, the reason why you feel fulfilled is because you accomplished something, you worked hard to do it, and whatever the, the, the solution or, or the reward at the end of it is the fruits of your labor, if you will. But that's, that's life. It's, not, it's never going to be easy. If it was easy... We'd all just be sitting around fat watching Netflix and eating fast food all day long. Now, don't get me wrong, sounds pretty glorious to me, but, but we would be a horrible society if, we all, if that was achievable, if that was realistic. And we might think we want something like that, but we don't. We like to be challenged. We like to problem solve. We like doing things. We like using our, our minds and our brains. That's what separates us from every other living being on this planet. You see, we understand that there is no laid out universal answer for what's right and wrong. I know, and hopefully you know, that two things can, in fact, be true at once. But that's why context is key. The left wants to pick and choose when it's okay to consider context. You know, context is not considered at all when determining if a person's racist, homophobic, or if they're transphobic. Yet context is the only thing that matters when determining when it's acceptable to have an abortion. You know what? It's time for our culture to rediscover its moral compass. And it's time for those of us that understand the difference between right and wrong 
to find the confidence and the courage to stand up and to run this country with a sense of morality. All right, so I want to get into the story um, of the mass shooting that happened uh, up in Buffalo last weekend. And I typically uh, don't, I don't really like getting into these types of stories because uh, I just don't want to give it the attention that it's seeking. And as tragic and horrible as every one of these mass shootings, um, mass terrorist attacks, anything that happens like this is is horrible. The reaction after the fact is what really drives me nuts and, and makes me not even want to give it attention. It do, I don't enjoy talking about it. I just get frustrated because obviously I'm on the conservative side of things. I, um, I indulge in a lot of the conservative media and it seems at least from the outside uh, looking in that all the coverage that covers a shooting like this when the racial makeup is what the mainstream media wants it to be, it gets a ton of attention. So for instance, this story in particular is getting tons of airtime and it's circulating. You know, you see it on Facebook being shared. It seems like a lot more people are talking about it and giving it the attention that is being manipulated for political gains because it was a white shooter that was racially motivated to attack blacks. Yet when a black terrorist drives his car through a parade in Waukesha and kills a bunch of white people, the New York Times reports it as SUV drives through crowd. Or a few weeks back when a black nut job racist shoots up a New York subway, the description isn't even given out of him when he, when he's still out at, at large because of the racial dynamics at play. When at the end of the day, I don't think we should be giving the guy from Waukesha, the guy from New York um, City Subway, or, or this guy from Buffalo, New York. I don't think we should be giving him any bit of our time or our attention trying to sit here debating his causes or the reasons or things like that because we're, we're giving all three of those people way too much credit. They're simply psychopaths and not, not worth our time. We can't psychoanalyze from the sidelines and try to give paint these people with broad strokes and, and attach blame to um, Tucker Carlson. The, the reaction after the fact of these situations continuing to stoke division amongst the rest of us sane, rational people who are out there in the world. Going back to the theme from the beginning segment from the monologue, it's about morality. And we're not helping by continuing to allow their acts of violence to further divide after the fact. So why don't you take a listen to this clip that we, that I got from from Chuck Schumer and his reaction after the fact here on, on wanting to blame this stuff on Fox News and Tucker Carlson. So Juice, why don't you fire that one up for us? Organizations like Fox News have spent years perfecting the craft of stoking cultural grievance and political resentment that eerily mirrors the messages found in replacement theory. According to one measure by the New York Times, Fox's top political pundit, most widely watched, Tucker Carlson, has spewed rhetoric that echoes replacement theory at least four 
hundred times on his show since 2016. So there it is. That's him. He he wants to get up there and grandstand. And it speaks to the broader theme at work amongst the uh, Democratic Party with the Nina Jankowitzes of the world who we're going to talk about later. And they're going to try and tie this in to a reason to silence Fox News or Tucker Carlson or this. This is how they're going to try to wield the governmental power to silence anybody who's against them. So because some nut job shoots up a place in in Buffalo, New York, now the left is going to try to attempt to get somebody like Tucker Carlson removed off a TV. They want to twist something that, that Tucker might debate and talk about into blaming him now for the acts of a psychopath. When again, I didn't see anybody blamed on CNN, MSNBC for, for the actions of the other two people I spoke about. We didn't see anybody blame Bernie Sanders for that lunatic who shot up the softball game in D.C. years ago. So it's one of those broader things where we're allowed to debate and to, to have thoughts and to converse about things, even if it might be against your political agenda, even if some of the things might be uncomfortable, even if you don't agree, if you think they're coming from a bad place, whatever it may be, that's what words are for. That's what debate is for. Let's not treat that the same as somebody who's violently shooting and killing people. That's a major leap to try to connect the two. It's, again, part of that broader uh, theme by the left, by the Democrats, that they, instead of defending their beliefs, conversing, talking about them, um, convincing, they'd rather end the debate, shut down conversation, cancel you, and just accept what they have to tell you. They want to eliminate any, 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 any contradicting opinion. And they'll do anything they can to stop it. There is no level low enough for them to stoop. So now they want to equate people like Tucker or people in his camp that see the way that the Democrats and the left are using illegal immigration to try and give themselves an unbeatable political advantage down the line. When Tucker talks about things like that, the left now wants to go back, use that as an example of replacement theory is what they're, what they're going with, and changing demographics in the fear of the, of the right of the conservatives that um, the only reason we're against immigration and, and massive illegal immigration, which is what it is, the reason we're against that is because we don't want brown people, black people. We don't, we, we don't want people that aren't white in the country, which is a huge, huge leap and completely against the point. It's it, That is not what the debate's about at all. I can't speak for Tucker Carlson, but I, I think I know where he's coming from on it. And, and it's the same place I'm at is I could care less what the color of your skin is. I don't care if you're black, white, yellow, brown, pink, Green, blue. I don't give. I don't care. What I care about is why are you coming to America? What do you want to be here in America for? And do you want to consider yourself to be American and to establish yourself as as an American? Come move here and become part of this country and this culture and this society, or do you want to just come to this country, 
and gain all the benefits of being in this country, yet have all your loyalty, allegiance, and, and culture remain back in whatever country you immigrated from. Why don't we hear another one of these, these takes from the left, blaming the conservative media for the shooter in, uh, in Buffalo. A Times investigation published this month showed that in more than 400 episodes of his show, of his show, Mr. Carlson has amplified the notion that Democratic politicians and other assorted elites want to force demographic change through immigration. And his producers sometimes scoured his show's raw material from the same dark corners of the Internet that the Buffalo suspect did. If the reporting in The Times is correct, Mm -hmm. if uh, the people who worked at Fox News are accurate in what they're saying, this is a network-wide plan uh, from uh, Rupert Murdoch down. These people are just ridiculous. You want to know about a network-wide plan? Do you want to know what a grand, schemed-out plan is? Why don't we take a look at this montage that got put together of all the pundits on the left over the last few years that have been talking up the advantage they're going to have from changing the demographics of the voters and from mass illegal, well, I guess they don't say illegal, but from mass Immigration that is going to give them complete control of this country, them, the Democrats, control of the, of the country for as long as we can see. They, they think this is their ultimate strategy and the end game to never lo- lose elections again. And it explains why they're in favor of keeping our border completely open because they don't want to stop the the mass illegal immigration. They want illegal immigrants in here and then they want to give them amnesty after the fact because they think they're going to become, they, they think that's their voter base that they're going to be able to rely on for years and years and years to come. And this mashup of, of, of uh, this mashup clip that we're about to play is phenomenal because this is what they've been saying and now that people like Tucker and other members of the right call them out for it, that in turn is what caused a nut job to go shoot up a, a store in Buffalo, New York. It seems harder and harder to ignore that the echoes of replacement theory and other racially motivated views are increasingly coming out into the open. In a few years, we're going to be a majority brown country. White people will not be the majority in the country anymore. This will be the first generation ever in American history uh, in which whites will be a minority of the generation at some point. As of 2007, every year babies being born in this country, whites now are the minority. In 2044? Uh, everyone is going to be a minority. As the demographics change, as white people become the minority in the country, which is coming. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny, right? The country is changing. I've been saying it here. Other people have been saying it here for years now, even before Donald Trump. The demographics is destiny. The white population is declining for the first time in history in America, while the number of multiracial Americans have more than doubled. So we live in a country where the demographics are changing. It's becoming less white. Uh, Correct. Okay. You'll be announcing that we're calling the 38 electoral votes of Texas for the Democratic nominee for president. It's changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue state because of the demographics, because of the population growth. So they're allowed to talk like that for years now. They've been saying it for a long time. 
they're allowed to talk like that, but when conservative outlets and when conservative commentators notice that, pick up on it, point it out, and try to prevent it, I guess, from happening, or, or at least make people aware. Now, conservatives are to blame for a nut job acting on his disillusion. Completely two different things at play here. In the left, of course, are trying to connect them and trying to use it to their political advantage, and they're trying to use it to shut down debate. They're trying to use it to silence their critics. If they had their way, and we didn't notice, they'd have Nina Poppins Jankowitz sing us a song about how this is all misinformation from the right, and we will now be silenced because of her. <laughs> um, this is part of the broader theme of, of the fear from the left for having a guy like Elon Musk in control of Twitter, um, because they want to be able to shut it down. They want to be able to say the stuff that they just said in that in that last montage, but then shut down the people that want to call them out after after we see it happening. So it, it's it's really really deceitful, sick things. But we shouldn't expect anything less because the Democratic Party, the left, the woke progressives in the party are immoral people. They have no character. They don't care. They care about control. And they want to tell you what to do. They want to strip you from your freedom, your freedom of thought, your freedom of speech, and your freedom of opinion. So we can't let them do it. And that's why this latest disgusting, disgusting act of of violence is getting as much attention and airtime as it is on the mainstream from the mainstream media. So please don't fall for that either. Like I said before, two things can can be true at once. Don't let them make the analogy that that right there represents conservative Americans in this country, because it does not at all. All right. So this next story is uh, right here in my hometown of Boston, and we're going to talk about a proposal by Councilor Kendra Lara. She wants to put civilians in charge of um, working on details with construction companies doing, you know, the traffic and, and looking out for the safety of um, pedestrians and, and, and vehicles and, and whatnot in all the areas that you would typically see a Boston cop. On the surface, and I'm sorry, sorry, dad, who is uh, a soon to be retired Boston cop, I don't think it's the worst idea in the world because police department here in Boston, like all major cities, is majorly understaffed. And I at least get the reasoning to want to be like, wait a minute, why do we need a a police officer to um, back a truck in and out of a construction site? So I get it. I I really do. Um, Me personally, I think there's an advantage to having a police officer there because even for the haters out there that want to see a cop standing there, um, you know, drinking his coffee and, and looking like he's not doing much, just by the fact that he's there in uniform, uh, that's deterring any criminal activity in the area right right then and there. So if you uh, are the manager of a bank across the street from a construction site, you're, you're pretty happy that there's a detailed cop outside. You're not going to get robbed. Uh, if you if you have a little, little mom and pop uh, bodega on the corner and, and they're doing a detail out front, your place is going to be safe for the day. So I, I get that and there is value to that, but police officers, 
you know, getting paid to do details, make a lot of money, and the entire department's pretty understaffed. So I get that at least things do need to be explored because um, one of the problems that I think is cited in this is there's a ton of these details that just go unfilled because they just don't have the manpower to, to, to put people in place. So that's all, all well and good. I mean, may, maybe I'll, I'll redeem myself with, uh, with dad here, but I think exploring, letting people like him who, who are in their 60s and don't want to be working all day, every day, like they did their, their whole career, um, you know, the ability for people like that to maybe do still, still do detail work in things like that as they're retired. I'd explore that option too. That I think is a good idea. But anyways, my problem with this proposal is that she wants to take maybe a reasonable idea and go back to a man from Spinal Tap wants to turn the thing up to an 11. She wants to create an entire department that's going to be city run and <laughs> she wants it says it's going to it's an opportunity to create a whole group of union jobs that would be city jobs. And that is, is where I think I'm, I'm completely against that. If you want to do this and you want to staff it with civilians, treat it like anything else that's contracted out from the city of Boston. Let's, let's take bids from three separate companies that have their own staff of people trained on how to, how to work at a detail. And we'll take whatever one's the best, most cost efficient for the city of Boston, which is going to be paying them with the money that we pay in our taxes. So I'm okay with exploring the idea of bidding it out, but I'm not okay. I'm not okay with now creating an entire new department within the city that's going to be staffed with a department head or with somebody who's making a ridiculous amount of money, who's friends with one of these counselors or who voted for mayor mandate, the Queen Wu. That's going to be the person in charge of it. It's going to continue to be understaffed, guaranteed. Because like all good city jobs, take a look at everything going on in there. I can speak for it from experience. There's 15 managers in place, all making great salaries, but they're understaffed with the manpower on the ground floor because nobody can afford to take a job that's going to stop paying them at $16 an hour, $20 an hour, and be forced to live in the city of Boston for 10 years. See you later to that. So they're not going to get enough people to come get the jobs, but they'll be there. They'll, they'll be in place and they'll be able to analyze it. No problem. But the really ridiculous part of this story is when you start going through um, the text of her proposal <laughs> that's out there. I'm just going to sift through the thing and, and it, it's all racial grievance. It's all um, completely ridiculous virtue signaling. So there's a part in here, it says, black residents are, are disproportionately likely to be incarcerated due to structural, structural racism. Formerly incarcerated people earn 52% less than people who have not been incarcerate, uh, incarcerated. Okay. Um, and, and it's in here because the implication is that because these things are manned with police officers, there's a better chance that that police officer will in turn scare, harm, or arrest a black person that then will be stuck in the system and come out of the system and be able to earn less money after the fact. <laughs> so, oh, oh, you want to hear what, what her grand idea is for um, the mission that, that, this, that this new office could have? 
from the text. A civilian construction detail office could operate on an annual budget of tens of millions of dollars with a mission of gender and racial justice and equity to employ hundreds of residents most harmed by state violence, over-policing, and mass incarceration. Oh, yeah, great mission. How about a mission of um, just directing traffic? A mission of um, ensuring safety uh, on the job site that they're at? How about that? That's what the person should be worried about. Oh, how about the, the department head? Um, why don't they just worry about staffing people that can do the job? They're not there to solve racism structurally within the system and this, that, and the other thing. It's garbage. A civilian construction detail office could address profound racial disparities and discrimination against formerly incarcerated people in the labor market. Like, how does anybody listen to this stuff and not just roll their eyes? This stuff is a joke. What it would be is a way for her to share up her votes. That'd be a way for all those people on the council to throw some jobs around to the people that helped on their campaigns. That's what it is. That's what these city jobs are. We need to do, we need, we need less city departments. We need less city jobs out there. Not more of them. We need to, we need to start stripping this stuff away and outsourcing it to things, to, 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 to companies that need, are, are going to be held accountable to companies that are going to need to produce and, and actually do a good job. Ugh, unbelievable. Um, what else? Oh, they could look, they, they're going to be looking for residents who represent diverse cultures and speak multiple languages. A civilian construction detail office would have a mission of racial and gender justice to promote safety, well-being, and prosperity in neighborhoods across the city. Again, why is that a mission of a department that would be there to do a detail? Stop overthinking this stuff. Stop overanalyzing everything. You knuckleheads. My God. Of course, the, towards the end, we, got, we get the kicker. Residents of Boston have been engaged in a sustained citywide conversation about police spending since the murder of Mr. George Floyd and are seeking creative, reparative solutions to address the generational harm caused by systemic racism and economic insecurity. Nope. Not going to fly here. The people on the right and wrong uh, podcast, my man Juice over there, my listeners out there, you guys understand what's going on with that. It's all BS. They want to throw everything into the into the blender of racial grievance and systemic racism in order to um, not get challenged. Like, again, I, I already mentioned, why does this have to be city-owned and operated department? Why? If we're trying to save money on the budgets or worried about the money going to police officers... That's fine. Again, like we can have that debate separately. But if we're going to save a little money from the police officers, why go create this whole nother department instead of just using that saved money to improve on the things that are already in place? Bid this out if that's what you want to do. But don't come in here and try and tell us that the entire system's racist and wrong and and hurts people of immigrant communities and this, that, and the other thing. 
get out of here. You just give some give somebody a vest, an orange vest, and let them give give them an orange vest and a whistle, and let them do some traffic, help people cross the street, get the trucks in and out, and be on our way. All right. It doesn't matter if they're brown, black, white, yellow, green, blue, whatever. Let's just get some people that can do the work, and let's do it as efficient as possible, and let's do it on the correct budget. Stop with the virtue signal and nonsense. Juice, did you hear um you hear the good news on this one? Yeah, Nina Poppins Jankowicz got got canned. Well, they let her resign in air quotes from her ridiculous position as the misinformation czar. Uh yeah, they've been getting so much flack this Biden administration for the nonsense for the 1984 like creation of a ministry of truth that they just ended up shutting the whole thing down right now. We are going to hear in a few minutes from from the new Jen Psaki that's in place, who is black and a lesbian. So that's super important. We're going to hear from her where she conveniently slips in there that it's not dismantled. It's just on pause for now, which we don't want to let them get away with either. But I'm, I'm, I'm skipping ahead of myself here. Why don't we just start by going to the question that the new press secretary, uh, Pierre Jean, the, the, the something, and see how she answered the, the first question that she got about the dismantling here of the disinformation board. I believe, I believe the question was, is it true that President Biden um, listened to the Right and Wrong show the other day and finally decided that um, Nina Jankowicz was not prepared to get into a Mary Poppins-like battle with Brian Ruka, the host of the show. And this is what she had to say. Look, I mean, the the board was put forth for a purpose, right? To make sure that we really did a, a, uh, really did address what was happening across the country when it came to disinformation. Up, oh, up, oh, see? So there it is. <laughs> see? She told you right there that it, it is the right and wrong show. We will take the victory lap. I am accepting congratulatory um, texts messages, comments, hopefully, on the YouTube page, on the Locals page, on the Rumbles page. So, you know, you guys, you're welcome, I guess. What else is there to say? But I served her up a uh, spoon full of her own medicine, is is what we're calling it, right? She is out of there. (laughs) Oh, man. I wish that was the case. So why don't we go back in and actually hear uh, the real exchange from Mr. Zach Morris, uh, Peter Ducey himself, asked the question during, during the press conference. Take a listen to this. So if it's pausing because you think the board was mischaracterized, then the disinformation board is being shut down because of disinformation? Is that what's happening here? Look, I mean, the, the board was put forth for a purpose, right? To make sure that we really did a, a, uh, really did address what was happening across the country when it came to disinformation. And it's okay it's all, now, but no, it's, it's just going, it's, it's going to pause. There's been a mischaracterizations from outside, uh, outside forces. And so now what we're going to do is gonna, we're going to pause it and we're going to do an assessment. But the work, does, the work doesn't stop. We're still going to continue the work. The DHS is still going to continue the work. Okay. <laughs> How about that mischaracterization, not disinformation? That's the way, that's what, that's what she wants to call it. But how great was that question, my doozy? So you mean to tell me that the misinformation <laughs> department's being shut down because there's misinformation about 
what the misinformation board is doing. Oh, I love it. So his question sounded like something from a Kamala Harris speech. How many times can you say misinformation? <laughs> oh, man. It was awesome. But that's exactly what happened. They're sitting there. They thought this was going to go and be fine and no one would see it. But then they started getting hammered away about it. They were getting smacked all over the place everywhere for the ridiculous thing that it is. And they couldn't handle it. They couldn't take the pressure. They couldn't defend it, certainly. So they kick her to the can. They're going to hope you forget about it for a couple of months. But they're going to continue to do the work behind the scenes. So they're still going to be scouring the web trying to find misinformation and disinformation. And and God knows what they're going to do with it. Um, They might just have a faceless, nameless bureaucrat be in charge of it, monitoring it that we might not know. Uh, Maybe they realize that it's better to not have a nut job that was singing karaoke songs on Twitter calling factual things that have now been proved factual misinformation back at the time they came out. Maybe they've realized that's not the right person to put in charge of the ministry of truth, but they're not sorry or ashamed or, or, or they don't think they're wrong in the idea of having that in place and monitoring you and me and trying to be the referee in the disinformation, misinformation battle of 2022. Is that what it is? I almost said 2012. <laughs> I thought the world was going to end in 2012. Didn't you, Juice? Yeah, man. Have you paid up with everybody on that? This kid used to used to bet people that we wouldn't be around after 2012 because of the stupid Mayan calendar thing. I hope you I hope people held you to that. Bobby T get his money from you? <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this story is just so ridiculous, though. It cracks me up that that they get up there and try and say this stuff with a straight face, and and they think we're gonna buy it, or they just again like like. The move they're doing here, first they throw it out in front of us and hope that we just don't notice it and, and buy into their nonsense. Or now when they get caught on it, they're just going to try to ignore it for a little bit, hide it in the basement, sweep it under the rug a little, and then bust it back out while we're focused on something else instead. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Nothing else to say about that one, I guess. But I'm, I'm going to miss Jankowitz. I hope she continues to post and be in the public eye. Because uh, that was a pretty fun one. And I will admit, since we did that segment, I can't get that version of her Mary Poppins singing out of my head. That huckster line that she drops. (laughs) It's awesome. But that's what's going on with the disinformation board. So it's just, it's on pause, okay? So why don't we we pause our thoughts on that? And uh, when it comes back up again, um, in a few months, maybe September or so, I'm thinking, then we'll, we'll revisit some of this stuff, okay? Until then, nice knowing you, Nina Jankowitz. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from you real soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So, it is that time of the show again that everybody gets excited about. It is our Come On Man segment of the day. And we have got a really uh, good one for you today. It's from a House Judicial Hearing on abortion care access that took place last week. And I'm sure that you've at least seen something about this. But our target of the day is going to be a pro-abortion activist who 
has all those credentials that we talked about at the beginning of the show, very educated and, you know, and called for the hearing to, to defend, um, abortion. And I, I, <laughs> I can't even explain what was going through this woman's head. So why don't you take it? Why don't we just go right to the clip? You could take a, take a listen and see what she had to say. Um, what do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Um, do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions? Yes. What? Yes. Men can become pregnant and have abortions. Wow. And as she speaks, and the name pops up, and it says executive director underneath her name. How how is that? How is she an executive director? Uh, sign me up, please. I could executive direct something. I don't know what it is, but you have somebody, a, per, a person in a position of power that can sit there with a straight face and say, yes, a man can become pregnant. This is 2022, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. I'll, it goes on. So, so abortion should be allowed then, by your definition, for any reason, for any purpose, at any stage, right? I trust people to make decisions about their body. And then when relevant, I think that they need to consult their medical practitioners okay. and not is, if it is, Listen, let me just ask you this question. If it is not lawful and morally acceptable to take the life of a 10-year-old child, I assume you agree with that, right? That would be wrong, correct? I believe that. Okay. That is and wrong. a two-year-old child, same thing. That would be murder. We would all agree that's wrong. Then what is the principal distinction between the human being that is two years old or nine months old or one week old or an hour old? than one that is eight inches further up the birth canal in the utero. What, what's the difference? Why is it okay in the latter case and not the former cases? I trust people to determine what to do with their own body. Wow. Full stop. <laughs> oh, I love it. Full stop. Like, she's completely baffled. If you see this video, it's amazing. Because she's sitting there, she's got like these weird look, like, glasses on like she's one step away from like having a piece of gum that she's like twirling around her finger like hanging out of her mouth as she's like trying to listen to the question confused by it well it's like a totally great day it's like totally awesome (laughs) hesitantly she admits that killing allowing a mother to kill her 10 year old is is wrong she she didn't want to commit to that but she did and then she's sitting there looking at him all confused and (laughs) She even delays on the question because she doesn't know what to say when he's like the difference between, you know, eight weeks after being born, however he termed it there, um, then eight inches up the birth canal. And I, 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 I trust women to do what they think is best. And then gets the reaction for people. There's, there's like, everyone's, you hear the commotion start. And then she thinks she's got like, the win like like she's ending the debate right there with the full stop (laughs) that one remember that one for us uh, ladies and gentlemen because that is going to be a go-to for me uh throughout (laughs) the right and wrong show here all right i'm going to use that uh quite often i think full stop (laughs) oh how do you like how do you have a conversation with somebody like that how can you even like like how can we live together in a reasonable society under the same rules of the law if 
you're dealing with someone who literally thinks that men can become pregnant and that it's okay to just murder innocent children up to the second they come out of their mother's birth canal. She looks to me at least like she doesn't even see the problem with any of her logic. And that is somebody who has way more credentials than me, I would assume. She, I'm sure she has uh, more formal education than I do, me, me and my um, 12 years of Catholic school. So that person right there is going to be looked at with more credibility in society than somebody like me, who's just using common sense to tell you what's right and wrong, or, or common sense to tell you that um, men have penises and girls have vaginas, <laughs> that women uh, are the only sex that, that can become pregnant and produce life. Like, there's no, that's not up for debate. That's not a question. That's not um, even, shouldn't, shouldn't even be wasting our time having to discuss something like that. And oh, and that's a full stop. <laughs> so, Miss uh, Emmy Arambide, uh, executive director of of <laughs> of pro abortion on demand, um, full stopping pregnant men um, community. You, my friend, get yourself one big fat classic. Come on, man! And that'll do it for today's show. I hope you guys all enjoyed everything. Don't forget. Please check out wethepatriotsusa.org and enjoy the rest of your week, okay? Thanks for doing things. As always, Mr. Truthbox over there, keep it real. Congratulations to uh, your little little girl for graduating today, and I hope you guys have a good time. Until next week, uh, I have nothing else for you guys except thanks for having me. show is produced by juice executive producer juice audio mixer is juice hair by skull shavers wardrobe and makeup by ashley ruka right and wrong song created by juice the right and wrong show is copyright 2022 from brian ruka